This morning, I would like to uh, just share a short message with you, a word that I believe God has laid upon my heart uh, for today. And uh, the title of this message is Restored. Restored. Did you get it? Restored. You are very quiet this morning. Are you here? You are with me. You are excellent. Awesome. Restored. Now, my kids will tell you, my wife will tell you that I like to restore stuff. Sometimes that would have, something that would have cost me a few dollars, you know, to go and buy, you know, um, and to replace, sometimes cost me a whole lot more and a whole lot of sweat and a whole lot of tears and blisters on my hands, you know, and there's, it's a big joke in our house uh, recently is just leave it. Dad wants to restore it. Dad wants to fix it, okay? He's the fixer. Like I said, sometimes it'll just be easier, easier to, to just go out and buy something, but um, uh, 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 I, 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 I just, I'm not into this culture of just throwing away stuff. I, 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 I just, you know, sometimes just need to fix it. And then Lundy comes and says, my goodness, the thing is old, just throw it out. Okay, do you know people like that? Are you a person like that? <laughs> right, so, um, so, so, so I want you to have that picture in mind of restoration, of getting restored. Now I wanna say this this morning, that if you want to have a deep and an effective effect on the world around you, you need to get what I'm saying this morning. So look at the person next to you and say, you need to get this. You need to get this, right? This is quite important. You need to get this this morning, what we're gonna talk about. Now, a few, few weeks ago, I shared, to you, uh, shared with you about identity and I talked to you about, about identity and, and what that looks like. And I mentioned this and I said, the primary reward of Christianity is not heaven. Some of you are sitting and thinking, man, but that's what I live for. That's why I gave my life to Jesus. Because I wanna go to heaven, I don't wanna go to hell. Listen very carefully, the primary reward of being a Christian is not going to heaven. The primary reward of Christianity is a restored relationship with the Father. That is the primary reward. The primary reward is I can stand in a relationship with God the Father. And I mentioned that Jesus is our example. He is the one that we follow. He's the one that we, that we wanna imitate, right? And, and he declares this is God the Father is shaping our lives into the image of his son. Romans 8 verse 29. So God is shaping your life to look like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to be like Jesus. Now, you know, those of you who've watched The Jungle Book, you know, something goes off in your mind and you're thinking, I wanna be like you, talk like you, you know? <laughs> that, that always comes to mind when I think of this, right? I wanna be like Jesus, I wanna talk like Jesus, I wanna live like Jesus. And my life is being continually transformed to look 
like Jesus. And this was Jesus' message. Jesus' message was restored relationship with the Father. That is what he came to teach us. That is what he came and that is what he said. Are you with me this morning? This was evident in the life of Jesus who was different from every other human being. There was something unique in the way that Jesus spoke. Remember, Peter talked about it in, in the Mark series, and he talked about how people said that he spoke like someone with authority. You remember that? There was something unique in the way that Jesus spoke. There was something unique in how he prayed. It's as if Jesus was speaking personally with the Father. That's why his disciples looked at him and said, please teach us how to pray. There was something unique about that. There was something unique about how Jesus handled challenges. It, you know, it's, it's as if Jesus was aware that God, the Father, is with him. There was something unique in how he engaged people and how he spent time with people. Jesus was never intimidated by anyone's status or by anyone's sinfulness. Never. It doesn't matter who came to him. He was never intimidated by their status or by their sinfulness. They could touch him. They could come close. And it was clear that Jesus lived with a deep awareness of the presence of the Father in his life because he said so himself. And this is what he said in John chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus makes this statement. He says, I and the Father are one. Wow. Can you imagine? In a time like that, Jesus makes the statement that says, I and the Father are one. That is his message to you and me. Church, that is his message to me. That is what he came to restore. That we and the Father can be one. Now, now you're sitting here and you might think to yourself, John, um, it sounds all good. Man, is that true for me? Is it true that I and the Father can be one? Is it true that, 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 that this message that Jesus spoke, but, but you've got to remember, John, that, that's Jesus. He was, he was without sin. Uh, is it possible that, that Jesus and the Father is one and Jesus comes and he proclaims this message? Is it possible that, that I and the Father can be one? And that is exactly what I want to leave with you this morning. That is exactly what I want you to, to understand and get this morning for you to be effective. In this world, you've got to understand this. You've got to live with this. It's not going to be head knowledge. It's got to be heart knowledge. It's got to be a knowledge, something that you get into your spirit, knowing that you have a different identity. So, Jesus wanted people to understand that his union with the Father was 
what gave him the ability to function in pure design of what God has intended for every human being to enjoy. This was the original design. The original design was that man was created to enjoy intimacy with the Father. Have you read Genesis 1? How Adam walked with God. That was the original design. The original design was walking with God, talking with God, hearing God, hearing what He says, talking back to Him, living within Him and through Him, experiencing the total fullness of God. This was interrupted when Adam sinned, right? So Jesus came and he showed us that this could again be possible. And again, when I say that, I, I see people look at me and thinking, man, do you understand where I live? Are you married to the person that I'm married to? Do you have the kids that I have? Are you walking in the job that I'm work, walking into every day? Because it doesn't feel like God is there. Do you deal with the people that I'm dealing with? It doesn't feel like God is there. It feels like God is distant. It doesn't feel like God is present. If you can understand this morning that God, Jesus' message that God wants to live with you and in you, It'll change your perspective on circumstances around you. It'll change your perspective on the people that you deal with. It'll change your life. Jesus came and showed us that this could be possible, a restored intimacy and fellowship with God the Father. In the New Testament, there is an ever-present awareness of the awesome truth that God has made His home with us. Listen to this. Ephesians, Paul writes about this to the Ephesians. He says this in Ephesians 2 verse 13. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How many of you have been far away at one point? Yes. But now it says you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Near to who? Near to the Father. Near to God. He says you, are, you have been far away, but now you have been brought near through your own works, through your own cleverness, through the fact that you keep the Ten Commandments, through the fact that you never sin, and you have been brought near because you do everything right. You come to church every Sunday. You might teach in kids' church or Sunday school. You might lead a connect group. You have come near because of your good works. No. Look at the person next to you and say no. No, right? Get it, no. You have come near, wow, through the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only way that you can come close to the Father. Jesus said, you can have a relationship 
with the Father. So when they said, teach us to pray, Jesus looked at them and He said, all right, so you guys, you pray, Jesus' Father who art in heaven. No, Jesus said, you can say, our Father. Church, that is revolutionary for us to understand. It, it, is, it is fundamental that we will understand that. It is in this intimate relationship with God that our lives fundamentally change. And we start living in a new way. We saw earlier that there was something unique about how Jesus spoke, how Jesus prayed, how Jesus handled challenges, and how Jesus engaged with people. And I wanna say this to you this morning, when we enter into this new life with God, the way we speak, the way we pray, the way we handle challenges, and the way we engage with people will change as well. Does that make sense? If we get this truth, that it is not because of us, that it is because of Jesus that we can stand in a close relationship with God the Father, everything about us will be transformed. These things will be fundamentally altered when you live in the awareness of God's fullness in your life. From now on, you do life differently. Church, I wanna declare this this morning. And I want you to understand this because sometimes we struggle in our minds with this. I do not live and you do not live for acceptance. You live and you move and you do life because of, from, or from, acceptance. You have been accepted by God. I say, you have been accepted by God. God has accepted you. You belong to Him. Does that make sense? This is the basis of how we will effectively and deeply affect our world. The only way to have an effect on the world around us is if we know who lives inside of us and in who we live. If there's always this distance between us and God the Father, living for acceptance, living to please Him, always trying and striving for, 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 for being in His presence, I wanna say to you, you will never be as effective as you can be. Because what you will always do is talk to people and hope that God is here. Hope that God is part of this conversation. Hope that God is present. But if you know, He's here with you, in you, moving in you, living in you. The restored relationship, you will speak differently. I wanna say this to you, you will even pray differently. In a conversations, it's so awesome to have my parents with me. In conversations we have, you know, 
during the, the, the week and, and you hear what is going on in South Africa and, and, and the, the, the climate and the spiritual climate in South Africa and, and everything that's happening there, you can sometimes fall into despair and you can start thinking, has God forsaken that country? I want to say to you and I want you to hear me, God has not forsaken anyone. God has not turned his back on this world. In other words, God is saying to you and to me, he says, I am with you. I am in you. I have not forsaken you. You are mine and you belong to me. We can stand in an open relationship. That is something that the enemy will always try and get you to doubt. He will always try and get you to doubt the fact that God is with you. Because the first thing that comes to mind is my life. How can God be with me if I still doubt? How can God be with me if I still struggle, you know, with, with, with the things that I struggle with, the addictions and the struggles? And how is it possible that God can be with me? The reason for that is it's not because of you, it's because of Jesus that you have been brought close. Jesus reinforced this message in two verses. In John chapter 14, verse 20, he says this, and on that day, and I will, I, will, I will describe to you in a very moment what it says, and on that day. So he says, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and who? You. Look at the person next to you and say, you. You are in me, and what? I am am in what? You. Do you get it? Jesus says on that day, what day? What day is he talking about? I'm, I'm going to show you now. Let's look at verse 23 in a moment. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Now, it's very simple. My mom and dad's visiting me from South Africa. I said to them, come and stay with me. Where? In my house, right? I laughed because before they arrived, I sent them a text message and say, you're sleeping on the stoop outside. Just bring a net for the mosquitoes and the flies. No, but when they came, they came straight into my house. My four walls. They came and they stayed with me. They made their home with me. My home became their home. What did they do to deserve to stay in my home? I can, I can, I, let, me, let me tell you. They did nothing. They cannot deserve to stay in my home. Doesn't matter how much they pay me, doesn't matter, even if they're my mom and dad. They can't deserve it. I have to open my door of my house and say to my mom and dad, you can come and stay with me. Jesus says, and we will come to them and make our home. With, 
with them. He says, you know what? I want to stay with you. Can we just get this out there? God loves you. And I want to say this even more strongly. God doesn't just love you. God likes you. He wants to stay in your home. He wants to make his home in you. This church was a radical statement for the time of Jesus. This was radical. The Jewish religious establishment of Jesus' day could not accept that a human being could place himself in any kind of relational intimacy with God. They couldn't accept that. To them, God was a consuming fire. To them, God was unapproachable. So they couldn't understand this concept of Jesus saying, I am in my Father, my Father is in me, and we will come and we will stay with you. And I want to say this to you. There are some people still today living with that attitude. God is untouchable, unapproachable, consuming fire. I cannot come into his presence. Why is it possible for us to come into his presence? Because Jesus has opened the door. He said this, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the I am the way to who? To the Father. So if you would like to stand in relationship with the Father, there's only one way, through Jesus. Not through you, not through what you can do. When Jesus came, he introduced a totally new relationship of a way of relating to God. In the New Testament, God no longer bestows His nearness on us based on our good performance. He comes to make His home in us. Not because we deserve it, but because He has decided to do that. Now remember the first chapter of the first verse we read in John chapter 14, verse 20. It says, on that day, you will realize. What was that day that Jesus was talking about? Read it with me in John chapter 14, verse 16 to 19. Listen to what he says. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and what? Be with you, how long? Forever. How long is forever? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Forever, right? You know what's amazing? You are never alone. Never. He says, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it is neither, it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be where? In you. How is it possible then that we can sometimes pray and say, no, you know, God is not hearing my prayers. I'm praying, but I'm praying against the roof and nothing is happening. God is not on the other side of the roof. It's 
as if God is in heaven and some way I need to get this prayer of mine through the roof and through all these demonic forces over Australia, you know, and over all the stuff. And, and then, so, you know, hopefully my prayer just makes it to the front door of heaven. And the angels come and they pick it up and they say, oh, let me just quickly carry it to God. Listen to what he says. The world cannot see because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Church, hear me this morning. The way that Jesus prayed, he prayed uniquely. But when people looked at it, they said, I want to pray like that. Because when Jesus prays, he prays as if he stands in a relationship with, with God the Father. Something is happening when Jesus prays. Please teach us. Because it feels like when we pray, nothing is happening. It feels like when we come and when we try to come and pray, it feels so dull and so empty and there's nothing. It's because we still live with this concept and thinking that God is over there and I'm over here and some way or form or another I have to fight to get to Him as if God wants to separate Himself from us. I know I'm shouting, but I'm serious. I want you to understand this. I want you to get this. Your prayer life will change if you realize I'm 24-7 in the presence of God the Father. I live with Him. And I talk with Him. Listen to what it says further on. I will not leave you as orphans. And I'm sure my mom will excuse me for telling the story. Because it's the first time that I've heard it in the two weeks that they visit with us. When my mom was conceived, her mom was staying on the streets. Is that right? My mom is adopted. So when my mom was conceived, she, her mom was living on the streets as an orphan. It was the first time that I've heard it when, when we spoke in the car and and I couldn't react at that stage even. Because something just shook my heart. And it says it doesn't matter where you start. He said, he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Today, I don't stand in front of you preaching to you because I've made it in life. I'm standing in front of you because... God took a hold and got a grip of my mom and she decided I'm not going to live an orphan life although I am adopted. I'm going to teach my kids about Jesus and I was five years old sitting on the kitchen table in number 43 Townsend Street in Strubenville Springs. Sitting on the kitchen table and my mom read me the story of Jesus' crucifixion and in that moment 
The Holy Spirit said, you're not an orphan. You are mine and I will be your God and you will be my son. Five years old. And since that day, I've walked with him. Yes, I don't have a dirty past. I don't have, I didn't do all these amazing stuff that people talk about. But you know what? I had to make a choice and say, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, make your home with me. And since that day, he has been my father. Since that day, he has walked me through difficult times. When I lost my biological dad, he was there. He was with me. He carried me. He proclaimed to me. He said to me, you are not an orphan. Church, I wanna say to you, there's no way that you can live this life thinking that you are without God. Thinking that you have to walk and work to be in His presence. He wants to be close to you. Listen to what He says. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. God desires to be in us. That is God's desire. God's desire is that we are the natural environment. He designed us this way, that we are the natural environment for Himself to stay in. He chose humanity. He chose you and He chose me to be His home. Is that foreign to you? Some of us grew up not thinking that God wants to make his home within us. His ultimate intention was never for his word to be only contained in a book or a doctrine, but for it to be expressed in human form. He wants his word to be expressed through you and through me. Jesus on earth was the exact, exact representation of the invisible God revealed in human body. And I've said this so many times and I wanna read it to you again. Again, Colossians 1 verse 15 says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. If you wanna know what God the Father looks like, look at Jesus. If you wanna know what relationship you can have with God the Father, look at Jesus. He is the one that we strive for. He's the one that we are imitating. He is the one that we, that we, we guide our lives by to live like Him. You are designed for intimacy with the Father. Can I say this? You are his chosen structure. You are his temple. It sounds like when Paul says, God do not live in temples made by hands, but he lives inside of you and inside of me. You are the Father's chosen address here on earth. Wow, you are God the Father's chosen address here on earth. And so church, I leave you with this thought this morning. 
We engage our world, our cities, and our communities differently when we understand the glorious unity we now have with God the Father. You live different, you talk different, and you act different. May I ask you just to close your eyes for a moment? Every time that I share on identity and every time I share on the fact God wants to live with us. It feels like you have to break through certain religious walls and thinking, certain preconceived religious thoughts before people understand this. It's as if people struggle because it's as if we always want to, we always want to make sure that at least we are doing something. The only reason you can respond to the love of Jesus is because Jesus pulls you. The only reason you can respond to God's grace is because Jesus comes close to you through His Holy Spirit and pulls you to His grace. I speak to people who served Jesus for many years and they struggle with this concept that Jesus through His Holy Spirit lives inside of us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The fullness of God within us. And we struggle because our minds direct our thoughts and our minds direct our lives. And we struggle and think, I'm not worthy of being in His presence. The Spirit always says, you are right, you are not worthy. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been made worthy to stand in presence of Almighty God. Church, there is no way that you can be an effective disciple maker. There's no way that you can be an effective change agent. There's no way that you can be an effective uh, person who spreads the gospel of Jesus in this world that we live in if you continually think you still have to strive and work for the presence of God. You've got to know it. When you make a mistake, you get up and you say, Lord, I've made a mistake. 
I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. In closing this morning, I want to make two altar calls this morning. One, if you're sitting in this building, and this morning you felt Jesus is tugging on your heart, Maybe you felt this morning Jesus is speaking to you and saying to you, hey, I'm here. I want to be with you. Will you allow me to be Lord of your life? If you are in this building this morning and you say, John, pray for me. I feel God tugging on my heart. And I want to respond to this message and say, yes, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Don't you want to slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Thank you, thank you. You can just put it down, thank you. Put up your hand, you can put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I pray for these people who have put up their hands this morning. I pray, Lord, that as they open up their lives and as they experience you speaking into their hearts and into their lives, they know that you are with them. They realize, Lord, that you dwell with them. You make their home, your home within them and that they are never alone. In Jesus' name. I also want to ask this morning that those of you who have given your life to Jesus, you serve Him, but this morning you want to make a decision and say, I do not accept this orphan spirit thinking that I'm away from God. This morning I I, I take this bold step and I, and, I, and, I, and I realize, I realize this morning that God is within me. If that's you this morning, I wanna pray for you as well. Say, I'm, I'm getting rid of this orphan spirit, this, this, this thinking that, I've, that I'm away from God or, or this thinking that, I'm, that, I, that I serve Him or, or that, that I have to please Him in any way. This morning, I wanna declare that I am His and He is mine. If that's you, won't you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Everywhere, hands go up. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. If you put your hand up, that's fine. All good. Can I ask that the whole congregation will stand with me, please? And then we're going to pray. Father, I want to thank you for each and every one that put up their hands again this morning and say, Lord, I serve You, I love You. This morning I realise that You have come and You've made Your home in me. And I am not alone. I wanna thank You, Father, that I am and will be never alone again in my life. Because You said You will never leave me and You will not forsake me. Even if I sin, you are there with me. Even if I do wrong, you are there with me. Father, help me that when I sin, to turn quickly and to run back to you and to say, Father, here I am, forgive me. Father, when, I'm, when, when, when I do wrong, even when I think the wrong things, Lord, even when I think the wrong stuff, I wanna pray, Father, that I will turn quickly and say, Lord, re renew my mind. Quicken my soul. 
Father, help me to realize that when I walk into my workplace tomorrow, You are there with me. Help me to realize, Lord, that when I speak to people and speak to my colleagues, that you are there. Help me to realize, Lord, that I do not leave you in a church building on a Sunday morning, but Lord, you are with me, in me, working me, through me, that when I have to deal with what I have to deal with, you are there. And I can trust you. And I can speak to you. And I can do life with you. When I have fun, you're there. When I enjoy my kids, you're there. When I'm with my wife, you are there. I want to thank you, Father, that I can pray over this congregation this morning an acceptance of a Father and a restored relationship with you. I can speak over these people, Lord, be restored in your relationship with God the Father. In Jesus' name. The church says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much.